Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Dr. M. Chris Mason, author of Coin Doctrine is Wrong, featured in Parameters Summer 2021 issue. Dr. Mason is an associate professor and director of the Study of Internal Conflict Research Program at the U.S. Army War College Strategic Studies Institute. Hi, Chris. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. Let's talk about your article, Coin Doctrine is Wrong, Coin Being Counterinsurgency. What's the working definition of counterinsurgency here? Well, I think to get at that question, we first have to identify what an insurgency is. In basic terms, an insurgency is an internal conflict in which a group of citizens of a country have taken up arms to get political power. But conflict naming carries a lot of political baggage. The dictionary definition of insurgency and the dictionary definition of civil war are essentially the same. Two groups of citizens of the same country fighting for political power, either to take over the whole government or to establish an independent region, a breakaway country like Kosovo or East Timor, to cite two recent examples. Which term for these internal conflicts is used largely depends on which side the speaker supports. Mm -hmm. Governments embroiled in such internal conflicts rarely call them civil wars. Governments typically call them insurgencies or even seek to delegitimize the rebels by calling them things like bandits or terrorists. So when a foreign government intervenes in support of that government, it virtually always follows suit and calls the conflict an insurgency. For example, the wars in Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan. The United States supported the governments of South Vietnam, of Iraq, and of Afghanistan, and thus called the internal conflicts that were happening in those countries insurgencies. But when a foreign government does not support the government where the conflict is happening, it generally uses the term civil war to describe the violence. For example, the conflict in Syria today, the U.S. government does not support the Assad regime in Syria, and we call what's happening there a civil war. Russia, on the other hand, which supports the Assad government, consistently refers to it as an insurgency. The study of internal conflict at the Strategic Studies Institute has tried to avoid this kind of weighted terminology and refer to these conflicts simply as internal conflicts, wars being fought inside one country rather than between two countries. Over the last 30 or 40 years, the incidence of that kind of conflict around the world has increased dramatically, whereas the number of conflicts between two different countries has dropped to almost zero globally. Counterinsurgency is the sum of all the measures taken to defeat an internal rebellion or guerrilla movement and keep the government power or keep the territory of the country intact. A lot of your article, your assertion, is based on a 2015 through 2020 U.S. Army War College study. Can you walk us through the study? What the study has done is analyze every internal conflict since World War II to determine which met the criteria of being primarily an internal conflict, uh, in other words, a civil war or an insurgency, and then to identify the political military factors in all of those conflicts, which correlated with government defeat in at least 90% of all cases. And we looked at dozens of potential factors from 
terrain, to climate, to religion, access to potable water and electricity, rural versus an urban population base, the nature of the economic system, everything we could think of. What we found were five distinct factors that correlated to government defeat in at least 94% of all cases. We identified about 54 conflicts on the list. It's sometimes a gray area to determine exactly what the nature of the conflict is and whether or not it meets the parameters of the definition of the conflict. And for that, we use a database created by something called the Correlates of War Study, which identifies a number of factors in internal conflict. But the five factors that we found over the past seven years correlated to government defeat, at least 94% of conflicts were, first, a level of national identity below 85% of the population of the entire country, second, an acceptance of government legitimacy below 85% of the population overall, third, that less than 85% of the overall population was effectively sealed off from contact with the guerrilla movement, in other words, population security. And then two binary questions, effectively a, a Boolean determinations of either yes or no, and those were the existence of cross-border sanctuary for rebel movement soldiers to a military significant degree, not one or two people slipping across the border, but a militarily significant number of soldiers able to move back and forth across a national border and gain sanctuary on the other side of the border and where there was sanctuary to be had, crossing a sand dune from a desert on one side of the border to a desert on the other side of the border isn't really sanctuary. Sanctuary means the ability to gain food and water and medical care and rearm, train, and rebuild the rebel movement in a peaceful setting. The second binary was simply the lack of an existing reasonably competent standing security force, which was sustainable by the government before the first acts of violence occurred. Now, that doesn't come into play very often because most governments have an army or constabulary, a gendarmerie or, or something of that sort. But where it does come into play, it's quite significant. For example, Afghanistan did not have an existing reasonably competent standing army before the Taliban insurgency began in 2004 and 2005, you could argue that South Vietnam did not have a competent standing security force in 1955 when the country was bifurcated by the Geneva Accords. So that fifth factor of an existing army doesn't come into play often, but when it does, it's quite significant. Interestingly, the first two factors in particular, national identity and legitimacy of government, were found to have never increased during an internal conflict. They can decrease, but they have never increased anywhere in any of the conflicts that we studied. In effect, these factors are essentially predictors of the possibility of success in suppressing an internal conflict, or conversely, the near certainty of defeat. And multiple morbidity factors, more than one of those five factors existing in a conflict, increased the likelihood of government defeat to effectively 100%. So if these five factors had been applied in advance to conflicts like the Vietnam War or the Iraq War or the war in Afghanistan, for example, a lot of American lives and local lives would have been saved.
That's really the purpose of the study. I mean, we're not really interested in the political science of internal conflict per se. The purpose mm -hmm. of the study of internal conflict is very pragmatic. It's to help our national civilian leadership and our senior military leadership get the facts they need to make the best decisions in support of our national interests and our collective national security. I think one of the most interesting findings of the study is one of the most interesting outcomes of the research over the last seven years. A central premise of counterinsurgency doctrine holds that there are measures which can be taken to increase either the legitimacy of the central government or to increase the popular support of the population for the government and thereby reduce support for the insurgents. These measures usually take the form of infrastructure development, such as building schools and health clinics and so on, government capacity building, providing jobs and employment programs, policing. In seven years of investigation by over 50 researchers into more than 60 conflicts since World War II, we found zero evidence to support that theory. There is literally no evidence that this has ever worked anywhere in the world to any degree at all. None. On the contrary, we found mountains of empirical evidence that either it had no effect on support to the government, or worse, it had a negative effect. In other words, that it actually increased conflict decreased support for the government and destabilized areas further. This is transactional thinking, essentially buying support for the government by delivering services and what we think of as, in air quotes, good government. But that's an untested assumption, and it's wrong. I'm afraid we have to leave it there. Thank you, though, for joining me today, and thanks for your contribution to Parameters. We enjoy having you. Glad to do it.